Welcome to Meanwhile in Memphis, where New Memphis is celebrating our city by providing a weekly window into the ways Memphians are solving problems, looking forward, and successfully shaping the community. All right, good morning, everybody. It is another Tuesday morning here in the 901, which means it is time for your weekly episode of Meanwhile in Memphis. Um, This show is brought to you by the organization that I work for, which is New Memphis, and we are coming to you live. Thank you in large part, actually almost in total part, to our friends at WYXR. They give us this platform to come to you guys every week with this show. So, My name is Christy Mullen, and I am one part of the co-hosting duo from New Memphis that usually does this show. My typical co-host is not here. She is out on vacation, but never fear. I have my amazing co-worker and friend here with me. Who are you? I am Anna Thompson, (laughs) otherwise known as AT in-house, since we have a whole host of Annas who work here at New Memphis. I like to call you an abundance of Annas. I just think it's like, you know, I feel like that's a book somewhere, an abundance of something, but... I'm taking it for an abundance of Annas. I really like. Well, I like the alliteration. It sounds better than a whole host of. It sounds like almost like an alien movie Uh, that way. Like (laughs) we've been cloned or something. One of my favorite weird things is animal grouping names. So like a group of flamingos is called a flamboyance and things like that. And so I'm like, what would we call like a group of Annas? I feel like we need to figure that out at some point. Oh my goodness. And we also need to follow up. And I, I do apologize, dear listener, if you are. A regular here because I did not do my homework as a follow-up to the twinkle lights on patios oh, conversation yes. we had a few weeks ago and the euphoric effect and why they are likely used in holiday decor. That is true. We dropped the ball on we did. Out the scientific so research. I will actually do it. Maybe we can have Christy post it to our socials yeah. <laughs> as to what what in the world is the correlation It'll there. Just be a tidbit of the continuation of these episodes. Because we are in it. We are in patio season, y'all. Gosh, I'm so excited. Praise the Lord. Praise the Summer is here, and summer in Memphis is just a lot of fun. It is. I mean, if you can get past the humidity, which, I mean... I feel like we've all been born in the humidity. Like, you were raised here. (laughs) Sounds like Bane. I was (laughs) born in it. Molded by it. I was molded by the humidity. Sweat. (laughs) Don't even notice it anymore. No. But, I mean, I was born in Mississippi. It's it's just part of life. It's it just, just who we are. Actually, like, I have a really funny tidbit if, since we're talking about summer. I got the opportunity to go to Italy not too long ago. Um, obviously, not in a pandemic year, but previously. A few years ago. Yeah, a recently. Couple, a couple of, it was like 2019. Um, and so, this is something I didn't know before going. They have very similar temperatures to the South. So their summers are insanely hot and humid, especially in Rome, which is where I was for the most part. Yeah. And there's so many tourists that are coming from all these more temperate regions. And they were like dying, passing out (laughs) left and right. And especially the day we did like the Coliseum tour, there was just people having to like sit down and go through. No, 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 yes. no, no. But I was like, you know, this is one moment that I'm like, I'm thankful. This is, The South has prepared me. For You're ready for the yes. Marathon Coliseum tour. Yes. Like, it's heat. I was like, it's just, it was like 90-ish degrees. Light layers, yeah. personal fan, ready to go. But uh, it's just something that I never even, I forget the concept that most people haven't dealt with what we've dealt with. Like, not only is there killer mosquitoes everywhere, but also just humidity in its own form is its own personal hell that you just deal with every year. 
Oh, my word. Yeah. I actually did think about this. In, it was actually the fall, not the summer, because I was thinking about how football teams oh, from, yeah. like, the super up north play, like, in oh, Florida or how yeah. Floridians play in, like, the super Wisconsin cold. or something. And I was like, oh, that has to affect, like, how you play. That's very interesting. I'm not sportsy enough I'm to not know, either. I, like, I'm interested by the concept of what you said, and that's kind of where my interest is. Yes. So back to um, our lovely summertime yes. here in the old 901. So I... I'm I'm very indoor girl. I'm an indoor girl. I don't really camp. I don't really, you know. But I ventured out. I'm so proud. Recently, I know. Um, I'll pause for the applause in your car here, everybody. Um, I ventured out and I went to Shelby Farms. And it was actually my first time to go around the lake. Okay. And so I brought my husband and my infant daughter, who's two and a half. <laughs> and we were like, we're just going to go on a walk. It's going to be perfect. So we did. And it, it was perfect. But mm-hmm. I would... Um, just like to remind you, listener, that the walk around the lake at Shelby Farms is not one mile. It is not two miles. It is two and a half miles, in case you were curious. Hello. I did not realize that. So <laughs> we were like, maybe we'll go around a couple times, you know, get yeah. in a decent walk. So about like quarter of the way, I was like, oh, it keeps going. I didn't see that part over there. Like it kind of tucks around the restaurant, right. and, you know. No, it's two and a half miles, which is fine. But again, like when you're not expecting two and a half miles, it can be a little bit much. But I will say it was gorgeous. Yeah. You sent me some photos that you got lovely, lovely people. If you follow us on social media, as you should be doing by now at the New Memphis, we'll get to see. But they were so beautiful. I mean, they also have it broken up really well, I will say over there, like every I don't know, I'm again. I'm bad at spatial things. I don't get out that much, but <laughs> like, get out that like there is the boathouse and there's the restaurant right. and there's the kayaks and there's, there's stuff the to rest- do. Yeah, yeah, there's all this stuff, and so you don't ever feel like you're like on the long part of a track, right. basically, where you're like, oh, get me to the curve of the track where it's done. <laughs> like, no, there's stuff to do. It's gorgeous. My daughter loved all the animals, like all mm-hmm. the birds, and um, I think they're. Uh, not they're not geese. They're herons, maybe. Long oh, necks. the big, the big tall yes, birds. Tall birds. Yes, yes. That's the technical big tall terms. birds. Big tall birds. That's basically what I told my daughter. They're, Around bodies of water, it's yes. fine. They're the giraffes of the birds Hello. in our family. So, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so that is one thing that I would encourage you doing. But just as a disclaimer, it is a little further than yeah. one mile. I feel that way about the first time I went to the botanic garden. I wasn't so certain how large it was. It is a vast It is space. vast. And if you're like me and terrible at directions. <laughs> it could be longer. It could be, be way longer. Because, you know, obviously when you walk in, you get to go. If you have children, it's great. They have the My Big Backyard that's like right there at the entrance. And then it's a beautiful walk. I, of course, being me, it was my first time to go, went on probably the hottest and humid day of the summer. It was in August. Oh. It was lo- like, but it was so beautiful. And it's a lot of shaded area. And so it was great. Well, I finally get to, you know, the garden with that has the bridge and the cherry blossom trees and all of that. And it's so pretty back there. And I was like, okay, now it's time for me to make the loop back around. I ended up back by the bridge and I was like, um, excuse me. I've already seen this lovely, beautiful. It's starting to get kind of darkish. What's happening? Like, where are you? Yeah. yeah. And so I finally, don't worry, guys. I am here. Obviously, I found my way. But. Outside of me just being fearful that I would never get, I was going to get locked in the garden. I was going to be like one of those when you get locked in the mall scenarios, those nightmares you <laughs> used mall, to have. I feel like you just dated I us. definitely dated myself as an elder millennial. But I was like, do you, can you accidentally get locked in the garden? Like there was like men driving on little golf carts because they were at the time, 
this was a couple of years ago. So they were setting up for a live at the garden. Oh. And so there, and so I was so tempted to be like, excuse me, kind sir, can you tell me how to get to the exit? Yes. <laughs> but then I didn't want to admit defeat. I'm like, no, you can do this. You're a, a grown adult. You can follow a map of directions. It's fine. Um, I got out, though. So I'm very okay. proud of myself. And I did it all by myself. So. Live to see another day. Thank you. It's, it's like the other day when I talked about when we had the great interview with Elise and Maddie, when I talked about my first day as an intern, I interned with this company called Good Advertising on Poplar, and they are in a high-rise building. It's the big building on Poplar. What's it called? I can't even remember. It's like a huge one. And anyway, it's over there by the Mal- Malco and oh, all that stuff. Oh, is it the... The iBank building? Yes, yes. Yeah. But it's got like a, a name, I think. Oh. There's like two of them. So I, I, anyway, it doesn't matter. One of those Clark very Tower. Large, yes, Clark Tower. Okay. okay. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, come on, Memphian, give me what I need. Well, I, here I am. I'm like, there's like 45 <laughs> tall buildings all along Poplar from here to Collierville. So I'm yes, going to have it. I'm I was need like, a little bit. In my head, I'm like, you know, that one. The no. one tall yes, one. Yes, but Clark Tower, it's massive building. It is. I had no experience with a parking garage whatsoever and their anyway structure of their building is very interesting how you get out to the garage is very interesting got lost could not remember where my car was I knew what floor it was supposedly on could not figure out how to get there run into the people I'm interning for and have to admit to them that I am gotten lost in the parking garage and so they get me to where I need to go but you know it's just navigation has never been my thing AT is what I'm trying to say at least at least you're new coworkers were hospitable which is something i find yes. about all mem- not maybe maybe not all that's a sweeping generalization <laughs> i will not make but most most, most memphians are very hospitable mm-hmm. as with were the people when i was like crawling around the yes. lake when I, it was longer than i realized i was like oh um but yes uh it's nice to have those kind of tour guides yes so leading in to our discussion today, it makes me think about some of the times that I've walked up and down Main Street. Mm, so and fun. the ever helpful Blue Suede Brigade <laughs> was there at the ready to be of assistance. I just love that name so, so much. I love their hats. Oh, they're like it's so good. It's like they're ready for, you know. Yeah. They're it, ready to they're ready to work. They they're are. there. I love it. I I just think something about that is wonderful about working, getting to work downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and for you guys listening, I know we probably mentioned this before, but our the new Memphis office exists downtown in the Falls building. And so we are in a very like prime, I think we're in a very prime location because we can easily walk to South Main. We can easily walk pretty much anywhere that we want to get to downtown. And it's just so until I worked here with New Memphis, I had always worked more closer to Midtown area or many, many years ago, like over there on Poplar, or I mostly stuck to Overton Park because the Brooks was my true, like first beginnings in Memphis when I moved here. And so I didn't come downtown all that much just because it, well, it seemed like this thing and my friends that were always coming downtown, they were coming downtown to party because we were early 20s. Like that was just, and I was a very serious working intern very serious I literally had three jobs also and so like it was just a thing so but when I started working with New Memphis I got to come downtown more and see this I was like oh it's so much more than that see I think I had the flip I guess perspective because as okay I grew up in Memphis 
went away to college at Samford University, Sam, not Stan, <laughs> in Birmingham, Alabama. And when I moved back to Memphis, I have always worked downtown. Yeah. So for a decade, I have worked downtown oh, right, at different were... places. But so I have been so spoiled <laughs> because I've always had a place to park. Yeah. I've always been able to like stay after hours and do all the fun stuff, mm-hmm. like grab a drink with somebody, go to a game, yeah. like walk down to barbecue fest if it's that time of year. Like it's been so fun. Mm-hmm. And it makes me realize just how important downtown is to yeah. the whole rest of the city, regardless of if you live downtown or even how often you come downtown. It is incredibly important to the entirety of our city, which is what our guest is going to talk about today. It's going to be such a good episode. And it's really cool because last month we just had, we got to have Memphis in May again. Barbecue Fest was live in action. And it just, the city just feels vibrant. It's starting to feel so good again. It's the summer. So we're going to stop talking now, even though we could go on forever about all the things we like to do in the city in the summer. And don't you worry, we will do it on another episode. But we're going to go ahead and start this episode with the brand new CEO and president of the Downtown Memphis Commission, Paul Young. All right, guys, we are here with Mr. Paul Young. How are you, sir? I'm great, great. Glad <laughs> to be here with you guys. I'm super glad to have you here with us today because you are a busy man right now. You have taken on quite the responsibility as the new president and CEO of Downtown Commission. How do you feel? I feel great. It's been it's been <laughs> a, a great run uh, this first month or so that I've been in the role, but um, it doesn't feel foreign to me. That's uh, good. Coming from the work that I was doing at housing and community development. Yeah. Uh, when you look at real estate development, it's all pretty similar. Uh, it's just focused on downtown. And there were already a lot of great things happening in downtown Memphis. <laughs> and so I inherited a great opportunity. And yeah. so I want to make sure that we are helping as many people in our city and in downtown as possible, uh, particularly those businesses that are trying to recover from the mm-hmm. pandemic. I uh, know they had a tough go at it over the past right. year. And so we have to figure out what resources they need uh, to get back rolling. And one of the biggest things they need is people. They need more people back downtown. They need offices mm-hmm. to open back up. I know for for a minute during the pandemic, we thought that um, all of the offices would go virtual. Right. Um, we're seeing now that more people want to be back in offices and um, even though we were productive during the pandemic in our <laughs> homes, it does uh, kill some of the creative uh, nature that you have. Yeah, when you're the just bouncing, bouncing ideas. Yeah, yeah, just just walking past your office and saying, "Hey, I just thought about something because I'm looking you in the Instead face." Instead of ten emails <laughs> to get right. to the one. Thing. <laughs> right. So you know, we we w- once we get those office people back downtown, and um, you know, some of these restaurants are able to come back to form because those restaurants are amenities for mm-hmm. us. I mean, without those restaurants, we aren't who we are as a city. And so right. we want to we want to get back to full form. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to dive into all of that more in depth. Okay. But before we go there, just for the listening audience who may not know you or who you are, tell us a little bit more about you and how you got here. Yeah. So I'm born and raised from Memphis, passionate about this city. Graduated <laughs> from East High School. Go Mustangs. Um, <laughs> left Memphis and went to college in uh, Knoxville. So okay. I went to UT. I'm a UT Vol. Go Vols. Mm-hmm. Then I came back and went to grad school at University of Memphis. Oh, so nice. go Tigers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I bleed orange and blue. Um, and I, I focused my, uh, at, at least my master's degree on city planning. Okay. Uh, and so in city planning, it's all about how do you uh, build up communities, build up neighborhoods, and build a city, mm-hmm. uh, build a strong city. 
And, and so from there, I've worked in a couple of different jobs in the nonprofit world and private development. Um, and I've also worked in government uh, since about 2010. I had roles in legislative affairs. Uh, I was served as a sustainability administrator mm-hmm. for the city and county uh, for about three and a half years. And then I went on to uh, most recently, uh, I was at Housing and Community Development. So I served as a director of Housing and Community Development from 2016 uh, up until about uh, till April 30th. So yeah. <laughs> about a month ago. So uh, that has been my career in a nutshell. And it's it's all been focused on how do we build up people? How do mm-hmm. we build up communities and neighborhoods, which I'm really, really passionate about. Right. How? Where did that passion come from? Did you remember like one day just discovering that you were passionate about community planning? I don't feel like that's how it happens. But. <laughs> well, I come from a family where my parents are preachers. So they have a oh, church awesome. over off of uh, Winchester and Tullahoma. The, shout out to the Healing Center, <laughs> still my home church. Um, and my mom was preaching a sermon one Sunday after I uh, had moved back to Memphis. And so all my friends were from college. They were moving to Atlanta mm-hmm. and New York and Cali. And they were like, dude, why are you going back to Memphis, man? Come with us. And I was like, I just want to be in Memphis. Right. But I was getting a little down because I really couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I had a degree in electrical engineering and couldn't find a job at that point. Really? Um, and so my mom was preaching a sermon. And during that sermon, she said, God's purpose for your life will never be for you. It'll always be for somebody else. Leave so, it to your mom. <laughs> leave it to your like, mom. Speaking the truth. <laughs> yeah. And so when she bit, said that, yeah. that just clicked for me. And I said, yeah. all right, so I want to find a job where I can do something for somebody else, but I can earn a decent living. Um, and then I went on the University of like literally that night, went on the University of Memphis <laughs> website, was looking at master's degrees because I can't find a job. I may as well go back to school. Yeah. Um, and I stumbled upon uh, city and regional planning. I didn't even know what it was, right. um, but I saw community development under like as a subheading. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that I wanted to help build up communities. I was like, I like real estate. So this probably deals with real estate. Mm-hmm. So I just enrolled. Right. And that, that just kind of charted my path from there. I think that's so cool. That's interesting. So being in this sector generally for several years, mm-hmm. what have you found to be some key ingredients that make a great community? Um, that make a great community. Uh, you can think about it from many perspectives. Um, when you think about it from a development perspective, I think when you have density, it, it strengthens your neighborhood because density means that you'll have more people that can um, they can go to different businesses that open up in that community. So you hear many uh, neighborhoods say, we need a grocery store. Right. Uh, well, when these grocers look at the markets, they look to see how many rooftops do they have. And then they look at how much income mm-hmm. is in those communities. So you need density. You need mixed income communities. Uh, so when you have a mix of incomes in a neighborhood, those that are uh, living in poverty or uh, making moderate income, they're supported by the revenues of those that have higher incomes in their community. So that means those businesses now have a base of people that they're going to be serving in that neighborhood and community. And I think that's a a key ingredient uh, to having a strong neighborhood. Doesn't mean you have to have that, but those are some of the things that you need. And then when you start looking at the form of development, uh, bringing buildings up closer to the street and making it very pedestrian friendly, ensuring that your roads are not just built for cars, but also accommodating bicyclists, pedestrians, scooters, you know, all the different modes of transportation, buses, mass transit, 
all of that makes for a, a greater community, in my opinion, because that means that all people are welcome. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of place that we want our city to be. We want downtown to be like that, but we want all of our neighborhoods to be like that. I love that so much. And I think it's really cool because as most people know by now, and if they don't, you were recently named the president and CEO, the new president and CEO of yes. the Downtown Missions Commission, which we often refer to on this podcast as the DMC. Mm -hmm. And so, but we know before that you were a director for the city of Memphis. I always have to read this part. <laughs> Division of Housing and Community Development. Right. I know I know this because I read an article about you, but you were one of the youngest directors in that role. I want to really talk to you a little bit about how how did you feel being more of a younger professional at the table? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's similar to challenges that young professionals have in all settings. I mean, you come into a room with people that have a wealth of experience over right. you. And so you have to be respectful of that experience and not be so arrogant to think that you automatically you have all the, the problems, yeah. when you walk in, but you take all of that information in and then you make decisions based on everything that mm -hmm. you've heard. And, you know, it was a little intimidating at first and you have to grow into the role. And I, I was one of the younger directors. I don't think I was the youngest, <laughs> but the person that's coming after me is actually younger than, than I oh, was. Wow. So, so Ashley Cash, I think she's either 35, I think she just turned 35. Oh, and so wow. I was 36 when I took on the role. So she'll have, and that's that's the type of advice that I have given to her yeah. is, you know, just make sure you're taking it all in. You listen to those that, that have that experience, but just know that at the end of the day, you have to make a decision. Right. Uh, and I think that's one of the most challenging parts of government because you do a lot of engagement. You hear a lot of opinions. And you're never going to get a unanimous yes. Ever. Like, it's very rare that you get a unanimous, right. this is the direction that you need to go. And so what I tried to do is just make sure that for every decision that I made, I could explain it and defend it. And as long as I can do that, then I felt comfortable, yeah. uh, even after hearing all of the input that you received. I think as, I mean, an aging young professional, but I'm still considered a YP currently. But I think it's very important because it's a delicate balance, right, to coming to the table and listening to people who have been doing this job so much longer than you. They mm -hmm. have the experience, but you also have a new voice that right. wants to be heard and you know you can bring something to the table. But it's figuring out how. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge trying to walk that fine line. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what I what gave me peace is just understanding that one you were selected for this role for a reason. Right. You brought something, somebody saw something in you that made them feel comfortable putting you in this space. Uh, but then two, uh, nobody can replicate the knowledge and skills that you bring to mm -hmm. the table. They may have more information on a different topic than you. Right. Uh, they may have a certain expertise that they have in this particular area. But you bring something intrinsic intrinsic to you yeah. um, that can't be replicated. So you have to just bring yourself to every conversation and just be who you are. Don't try to replicate what you've seen other leaders do. Um, you know, certainly you can take from other leaders, but you have to do it in, in your way and in your style. And once I began to embrace that, it got much easier. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel like that was some good advice. And I think that is good advice for any young professional. That was something a previous manager had told me, too, because I kept 
I think, doubting myself mm-hmm. and my confidence. That and imposter being, syndrome, it right? It is about being <laughs> right. like, well, I don't know this. I don't know that. I haven't been here that long. And she was like, that's actually an asset right. that you don't know that because you're looking at everything with fresh eyes. Yep. And sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees here. We've been here too long. That's exactly right. I mean, that was one of the things when I came into HCD, you know, what I what I realized is that I had to ask why three hey. different times. Like, in every conversation, my staff got so annoyed because <laughs> I would say, so how long have we been doing this? And why did we do this? Whose decision? Is? But what I was driving to is like, do we have discretion on how right. we're doing this? Or is it mandated by some federal rule? Is it the local government that came up with this this approach to addressing this problem? And if we have flexibility to change, can we test it in a different way? But I didn't do it like right out the gate in terms, I I questioned out the gate, but I didn't make changes out the gate because I thought it was important to make sure that I understood the potential unintended consequences of of making those changes. But I kept pressing the staff and the team. um, And at first they were annoyed, but I think after a while they began to appreciate (laughs) it. They saw the process. Yeah, they saw that I was coming with a new perspective and approach and I was respectful of the Mm -hmm. previous ways and why, how and why we did things. But we were going to be moving in a different direction uh, eventually. And uh, it worked. We ended up getting buy-in from the team on uh, pretty much everything that we worked on. And we were able to do some amazing things. And they will continue to do amazing yeah. things under Ashley. A thousand percent. And I think the thing is, when you come from a place of just trying to understand, and instead of, you know, like you said, you di- weren't trying to change anything right off the bat. You were just seeking that knowledge right. to know what was happening. And I think that makes all the difference in the world, especially in a leadership position, because you have to know what you're trying to fix before you can fix it. Right. Definitely. Definitely. And and leadership is not easy. Um, it can be lonely at times because, mm-hmm. you know, you're not everybody's friend. And <laughs> some people literally don't like you at, 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 pro- at points in time. Uh, and so you have to be comfortable with that. Uh, and I think by doing it in the way that I explained, you know, being uh, strategic about mm-hmm. thinking through each step and uh, bringing the team with you, it, it allows for you to build that trust. Because once you build trust, um, then you you can actually make some inroads and you can get some things done, particularly in the work that I was doing in the civic space and working yeah. in local government. Can definitely see why they chose you to be the new leader <laughs> of the DMC. That was an accidental rhyme. Um, <laughs> But you are now. You are CEO and president of the Downtown Memphis Commission. Let's just do, I mean, Jonathan's been on the show before and he's wonderful. He's an but just for those man. tuning in now, most simply put, how do you define what the Downtown Memphis Commission is? Uh, DMC is the ambassador for downtown. Uh, we we um, provide incentives for development. So if you see a major project that's coming downtown Memphis, most likely we've had some some discussions with them. Uh, you often see things about uh, property tax pilots. We call them pilots, mm-hmm. but tax abatements in, in the news. If it happened downtown, that tax abatement most likely came through the Downtown Memphis oh, Commission. Wow. And if you've been walking around or you see those uh, friendly people in the blue shirts, that's yes. the uh, Blue Suede Brigade. <laughs> the Blue Suede um, they Brigade. Are, that's uh, great. They provide a form of security, but they're also um, they our downtown ambassadors. They welcome people. They give directions. We wanted them to be a friendly face, but yeah. we also uh, work with those that are experiencing homelessness and coordinate with our various partners to help them. So DMC provides a critical role because downtown is literally the living room for our region, not just Memphis, but the whole region. And so 
we know how how important this area is to our uh, local economy, and we want to make sure that we show our best face and we and that we represent Memphis well. Yeah. So with that said, being the living room for the whole region, um, explain to some of our listeners who might not understand why it's so important to have a strong downtown presence in any city, but specifically in Memphis. Yeah. So so uh, a couple of reasons. One, it's our billboard. Um, you know, when we have national broadcasts, whenever they're showing Memphis on the TV, right. you're going to see that downtown skyline and you want your city to be vibrant. Uh, the other reason is you, you think about private investment, um, investment that comes from outside of the city, whether someone wants to build a hotel or they want to build a new target or some new thing in our city. Right. Where do you think they're going to stay? They're most likely going to stay downtown. And even if they stay out east or in South Haven or some other place, they're probably going to visit downtown mm-hmm. because that's how they base their perception on how our local economy is performing and whether our economy is a place where they want to deposit their money. Mm, um, if we're so, worth the investment or not. Yeah, are we worth the investment? Uh, I had uh, Henry Turley told a story about how in the 1970s, the late 70s, he had a developer that was coming in town that wanted to, I think it was a business owner, industrial business that wanted to come. And, you know, Henry said he was getting ready to take him around out <laughs> east and look at some of the areas. And the guy was like, no, just take me to downtown. So he picked him up, got off the plane. They came downtown, drove around, and many buildings were dying ar- around at the time. They, it just wasn't attractive yeah, in downtown right. at that point in time. And he said the guy told him, take me back to the airport. And then he late, <laughs> later said, well, you don't want to see everything else? He said, no, I'm, this, this city isn't ready for our investment. Wow. And so that person decided based on what they saw in downtown that we weren't worth the investment because we didn't care for our downtown. That was the only indicator. That was the only indicator he needed uh, to make that investment decision. And so that's just one example of how uh, investment flows through a city or through a region based on uh, how your downtown looks. Like the cover of our book. It's like, (laughs) are people going to pick us up off the shelf or are they not? Exactly. They're judging us You got to draw them in. You got to draw them in. What made you want to take a role like this? Um, it's a it's an opportunity to intensify the work that I've been doing. Right. Um, you know, seems at, like a natural progression. Yeah, of it's sort. definitely a natural progression. So with housing and community development, we we did a lot of uh, federal grants and we provided funds to some pretty big projects, uh, things like historic railroads, which I'm really proud of. We were able to take a a building that's been vacant for 40 years and it's now going to be a library and senior housing development. We, we're working on Liberty Park, which yeah. is getting ready to take off now over at the fairgrounds. Um, and so we had done some major things, but we also did some things with single family homes, a lot of different projects. And when I look at the DMC, uh, I see those development opportunities, but I also see opportunities to um, advance the whole region uh, mm-hmm. through some very targeted investments. I, w- I believe that downtown, and this is the mantra of, of, of DMC, downtown for everyone. Yeah. And I, I really believe that our downtown should be reflective of who we are as a city. Um, that means it should reflect our racial makeup. It should reflect our gender makeup. We need, we need to have a place where everybody feels uh, welcome and, and, and they can find a place where they want to go in downtown Memphis. Yeah. And so I want to see more uh, ethnic and minority businesses locating in downtown Memphis, mm-hmm. more events and activities for all people. And so this was just a key opportunity for me to be able to have a significant impact, which is what 
I want to dedicate my life to, like right. I mentioned earlier, is I want to, I want my life to, to help benefit others. And so this gives me the opportunity to do that. I have a quick question. So yeah. knowing that you have been through a new Memphis program, you're a new Memphis fellow. Correct? Yeah. Okay. AO9. Yeah. Shout out to AO9. <laughs> so, um, how do you think that going through the new Memphis fellows helped equip you for a role like this? I mean, new Memphis was critical. Um, so I, when I went through new Memphis, I guess I was, late 20s early 30s um and so i was my perception was just was still being shaped in mm -hmm. fact i was 29 uh <laughs> so during during that time period i just learned so much about who i am what it means to be a leader what challenges uh you have being a leader um i think when i went into it i was i was thinking more about the networking aspects which yes. was amazing yes. as well yeah. <laughs> uh cuz I, I i mean there were some rock stars in in my class and i know there are rock stars in many of the classes that come through here um but it really helped me professionally just understand some of the challenges that i i encounter today um and so i remember one particular class i don't remember who the 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 teacher who the, the person was the yeah. facilitator was but um, she had these glasses and they had pink color glasses and, and <laughs> blue glasses know, with the lenses with different colors. And, and, you know, she was just making the point of how people view things from their lens and mm -hmm. their perspective and working in local government and working with neighborhood leaders and constituents and elected officials. There are so many perspectives. And, you know, that's just one quick example off the top of my head yeah. that I remember that that plays out literally daily in, in all the work that we do. And so it helped me understand how to deal with many of the challenges that we deal with today. I love to hear that you took that with you, right? Yeah. Like it's so impactful. And you are in a very unique position right now, not only because you have a new job and a, not necessarily a new career. I feel like it's very much in the same yeah. vein of the work you've been doing. But you are now kind of responsible for helping downtown get over this pandemic right. stage. You're going to enter this new stage as you also enter this new stage. What are what are y'all's plans? What's kind of on docket to help downtown kind of revive? Yeah, it's a couple of things. I mean, one, we've been having some public safety issues uh, downtown uh, since the pandemic mm -hmm. ended. I think because of how many people were not coming to downtown right. during the pandemic, yeah. People just got used to bad behavior, driving mm -hmm. really erratically, which is not just a Memphis thing. It's happening all <laughs> over the country where yeah. they're drag racing down yeah. Front Street and Riverside and all of these wow. different places that you typically would not have seen it. So, yeah. you know, part of our strategy is to do more to uh, crack down on that and not not just in a law enforcement mm -hmm. way, but also doing some uh, public education right. around it. Uh, trying to engage people in solution. Uh, how do we find solutions to some of those public mm -hmm. safety challenges? Uh, some of it is is providing resources, resources to businesses that have lost income over the past year, some of which might not be able to come back uh, because their businesses just couldn't sustain or they couldn't sustain. They had to go get another job and <laughs> yeah. do something completely different. Um, and so that's, that's going to be a challenge into itself. But the biggest thing that our businesses need are people. Uh, we got to get people back downtown. We need, I mentioned this in, as we open, we got to get more offices back open. I know AutoZone and, um, you know, First Tennessee, some of the big stakeholders in downtown, they're, they're talking about their, their plans to bring people back mm -hmm. to the office, which we're really excited about. And so, um, you know, we just have to keep coordinating, keep pushing, 
And the other thing is we have a number of projects that have been on the on the agenda or or in the news mm-hmm. for quite some time now. Things like the walk at Union Row or uh, Lowe's Hotel or One Bill, uh, the Hyatt Grand, oh, uh, yeah. which is ultimately would come over there. Uh, all of those projects are still in the pipeline. So we're really excited about that. And we just have to figure out how to get those things done. Each development deal is really, really complex and difficult i know from the outside when you look at development you just see the building gets torn down the building gets (laughs) renovated the cranes come and it happens but there's a lot of work behind the scenes a lot of moving parts um, that has to take place to get the stars to align you sound really optimistic i mean i'm excited for downtown i'm excited to be back downtown we have plans to come back in the summer a few days a week and we're excited right about what that means for not only like you said at the beginning for that collaboration and creativity, but also just to be back downtown. I mean, yeah. all of us miss it. And <laughs> like, we need you. Downtown yeah. <laughs> needs you back. These businesses, they rely on you to come buy lunch, come grab a sandwich oh, or come grab a we, coffee. We will be here for that. We are missing <laughs> We are missing our downtown lunches. That's for sure. Little tea shop. I just. Yes, I know. Come on. I can't it's wait till Suhair comes back. Some tacos. I'm but, like, yeah. It's Speaking of the little tea shop and things like that, and I also I read another article about you, sir, and you uh, mentioned, though, that you really want your work with the DMC to help foster minority and women owned businesses. Mm-hmm. And I really I can't let you go without having you talk to why is that such a of key importance? Yeah, well, Memphis is 65 percent black. I yep. mean, that that's the reality of our city. And when you start looking at poverty in our city, it's. Uh, an overwhelming number are African-American. And so if our economy is ever going to thrive like mm-hmm. we want it to, uh, we have to find ways to ensure that everybody's playing a role in the economic prosperity. Uh, downtown, I, I don't know the accurate numbers, but there's billions of dollars of investment right. uh, that happens in downtown Memphis. And I want to make sure that we are getting minorities in the game. And I don't just mean construction jobs because uh, that's great. That, and we want those construction right. jobs, too. Uh, I'd like for us to see more on the development side. Who, how can we get more minorities playing playing in the space where you're getting that back end revenue, where you make that initial investment? Now it takes capital up front, right? And so that's that's a challenge. Uh, but that but there are African Americans in our community that do have the capital that could play in that space and could bring investment to the table that can generate longer term wealth in our community. So so that's one approach is the development side. The other side. It's just the business side and making sure that we have businesses that are reflective of our whole community. And so uh, we want to try to uh, target businesses to come and locate in downtown Memphis. And in order to do that, in order to make it attractive to them, they have to have a strong market to pull from. And so, you know, it's you can't do one without the other. We can't get the businesses down here if we don't get people back down right. here safely. So it's all interrelated. I, when I read that. Um, I wholeheartedly agree. And I was like, I have to ask, like, I cannot <laughs> let you leave without mentioning that. Yeah. I kind of, this is a very simple question and you've kind of touched on it, but what is it about Memphis? Why? Like you talked about it a little bit, your friends were leaving, you decided mm-hmm. to stay. Now, a lot of that was your mama at first, <laughs> yeah. but you know, you chose to still stay and you're continuing to progress your career here in a tremendous way. Right. So what is it? What is it about? I mean, Memphis? I just feel a spiritual connection to the city. I mean, it's the place that raised me. Um, it's an energy that can't be replicated. I mean, people in Memphis are some of the most amazing people that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so nice and genuine. We just have a realness to us 
um, where, you know, it, it, it's just authentic. I think that's the word that I look for. It's just an authenticity with uh, Memphians that that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And f- in, in my opinion, it's our responsibility to make sure that this goes on, uh, that that the the traditions of our city continue. And that and then if you just it, honestly, it doesn't even matter what city you're in. If you if you care about people uh, and people that are around you, then I believe that you invest time and effort into helping them advance and get to where they want to go. And that's what I want to do in, in our city. That's an amazing answer. I'm just sitting oh, here geez. like, um, how do I follow that, Mr. Paul Young? I don't know. <laughs> well, I have an even, I think, a more like distilled down, like yeah. simple question. But um, if you had to pick, walk me through like an ideal day downtown oh, for I love you. that. Like, oh, man, put him on the spot, AT. I know. I'm here well, for I mean, it. And also, I'm going <laughs> to preface this with, if he does not mention your specific place <laughs> by name, that does not mean that he does not love and adore you and want you to succeed. Yes. So what I would say, and I, I'll just tell you one ideal day I had with my wife during the pandemic, actually. Uh, we came down and we did explore bike share. So we uh, we parked over uh, near Peabody Place. Uh, we got a bike over there and we rode uh, to the riverfront mm-hmm. um, down uh, Riverside, down the path. We went over by the Pyramid and Bass Pro Shops. Uh, then we looped back, uh, came back down south, rode over uh, the Harahan Bridge, um, Got went over to the Arkansas side. I was not ready for how long it was. I was about to say, this is, this is not a leisurely yeah. stroll. I underestimated. Yeah, yeah, I underestimated it. I thought it was a lot shorter. That was yeah. actually my first time, embarrassingly, on the Harahan. Um, and it was an amazing day. Um, and we uh, we intended to ride all the way over to Arkansas and go to uh, Poncho's. Mm-hmm. But by the time we got to the other side, we were like, oh, nope, let's get back to the... I mean, to you, the... if you're going to be full of ponchos, you ain't going to make <laughs> yeah. it back across. Right, right, right. <laughs> Cheese dip was not worth it that day. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, we came back and we actually went home. But if I had the energy, I would have gone to one of the downtown restaurants and had a drink and, mm-hmm. you know, hung out for a while and, and just relaxed. I mean, I think that's the beauty of downtown. There's so many options. Um, there's a diversity of things to do. Uh, we want, and when we say we want a downtown for all, that means uh, not just young people, not just older people, but for all. So we want places for kids. So you know, I've taken my kids over to Bass Pro Shops, and mm-hmm. they uh, marvel at the alligators and oh, all the yes. the random things that are in there. Um, there's just so much cool stuff to do. Uh, we have to keep building on that. We have to keep investing in the cool. Uh, in our community, because I do think that that's what makes us who we are. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times businesses, um, they follow people and, you know, young people, particularly millennials, um, they have started this trend of just moving to cities that they like. Mm-hmm. And then the businesses have had to adapt. Um, so, you know, if, yeah. if, the, if the young people like your city, they'll just come there because it's cool and say, I'll find a job when right. I get there. Um, and so, you know, investing in our cool is an economic development strategy as well. I like that so saying, true. investing in our cool. I, I think that. you should slap that on a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, I might just do that. I don't think I ever said that before. So Yeah, <laughs> take a note. Luckily, yeah. you know, you're live with us, so we have it on record. Yeah, Heard it here recorded, first. So yeah. <laughs> but I think something really cool that anytime I talk to someone from out of town, because I am not a native Memphian, but mm-hmm. I am a Memphian by choice is what I always like to say. And so whenever I talk to someone coming into town or thinking of coming into town, one of the things I always mention is the accessibility of our downtown. It's very walkable. 
And you don't get that everywhere. Yeah. So I just kind of, you spoke to taking the Explore Bike Share. That's like another way you can get around right. downtown. So I just think you guys have done a really good job in trying to kind of map it out to make that accessibility not be an issue. And I think that is of grand importance. Yeah, it's, it's very accessible. I mean, one of the challenges that we have, and this is something that we are uh, working on hard at DMC, is you know, we want it to be activated. We want it to be a continuous activated walk. And what I mean mm -hmm. is if you're walking down Main Street, in some places you'll see buildings that right. are vacant. And when you have those vacancies, it can sometimes make people feel unsafe. It's not that they actually are unsafe. It's just that perception of safety. It's like that moment yeah. in a Western movie when you see like a little dust bowl. Like, <laughs> right. That's exactly. kind of That's the feeling exactly you right. get. That's yeah. exactly right. So you know, those are some of the things that we have to work on is ensuring that we have those consistent walks where, mm -hmm. you know, we're activating all of the buildings and structures and as much uh, momentum as we have and as much as that's happening, we still have a lot to do. So our work definitely is not done. Yeah. So you're in this role. I have a two pronged question. Uh -oh. And yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> no, but so I always like to hear this on all sides of the spectrum, but mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself being in the next year and in the next five years, where do you hope to see the DMC? Um, I think in the next year, uh, I, what I would like to see is businesses open and downtown beginning to flourish again. again. Uh, we're seeing weekend traffic come back. We're seeing tourism uh, coming back. Uh, our hope is that we will uh, see more businesses begin to open as a result of that activity that we're starting to see. And I, and I, I firmly believe that a year from now, we will definitely see oh, that. Oh, yeah, I'm super hopeful. Super hopeful. And in five years, uh, I think downtown will be dramatically different, quite frankly, uh, because of some of these major projects that are underway. The walk at Union Row is really going to change the game. Right. It's going to change the face of downtown. And uh, I think it's a positive thing, but I think it's also one of those times where we have to be cautious and thoughtful uh, as a city uh, because we can become a place where it's all expensive housing units and yeah. um, it, it can become a place that's just unaffordable for the rest of the city. And we don't want that to happen. We want we want expensive housing units right. to come in. It helps our market. Um, but we also want to invest in uh, lower income housing, like things like what we've seen uh, Elmington Capital do over mm. by near the near the FedEx Forum um, or uh, South City Development, which I had a, um, a role in as a part of HCD nice. um, in, in creating those mixed income communities, because that is how we maintain the diversity of our uh, city by investing in uh, various types of housing in mm -hmm. our downtown. It's not just the short game, it's the long game. It's the long game. Yeah. We, we want to have a strong economic mix in our community. Yeah. You want to bring everyone to the table. And I think that is the only way to be successful, like AT just said, you know, for the long game. It right. is truly the only way that it's not going to be a short-term result. Exactly. And I think you guys over at the DMC are really striving to get to those source problems and fix those issues instead of just the, like, the band-aids. Yeah. 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 And I think that's just very admirable. So for everyone that's listening, Mr. Paul Young, I've, we've barraged you with all the questions. I like but it. how do people learn to get involved? Like, can they get involved with the DMC? How? Like, are there events? What what kind of things can yeah, they do? Yeah, there, there are a number of events. They do. We do yoga uh, on in one of the parks yeah. um, every Thursday. 
Um, we and I think Tuesdays and Thursday. There's there's yoga and kickboxing and other activities we've had. Uh, people checking in virtually, so we're doing now virtual mm-hmm. and in person. Uh, so come and check that out. You've uh, if you've worked downtown or been downtown for um, the food trucks in Court Square. I was about to say, are they back yet? They're not back yet, okay. but we're starting to have discussions okay. about when might be the right time. I'm going to need a personal email, please, <laughs> to know. let me know. <laughs> we will make sure if you're not on our email list, please get on our distribution yeah. list. You can go to downtownmemphis.com and uh, sign up for that. But uh, we have a lot of activities. We partner with other um, uh, promoters and other people that are doing things in downtown Memphis. Uh, and so there are plenty of ways to stay engaged with DMC and with uh, downtown Memphis. Downtown is a unique neighborhood in that it's one that is everybody's. Mm. Um, you know, everybody feels some ownership in your downtown because everybody goes there. Everybody should feel welcome there. And so uh, we want to keep that um that energy and that that perspective from uh, people that live in this this region. And I always like to say region and not just city right. because we are a tri-state region with um with we drive the economies of Mississippi, Tennessee and Arkansas. Um if it, but for uh Memphis and downtown Memphis, uh those economies would be weaker right. without the the economic strength that we have here. That's so cool. I've never thought of it from that. For, you're just one. You're dropping all the one liners today. I'm <laughs> loving it. But also, that's very interesting because I've never thought about how we I know that. Right. I know that knowledge, but I've never thought about it in terms of that. Our downtown is kind of it's yeah. like, yeah, it literally is point. like a bridge for all of that. And yeah. To be like corny, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we are the the tri-state like connector. Yeah. Yeah, if you look at some of um, in in South Haven or DeSoto County, mm-hmm. if you look at their economic development commercials and things that they send out, what they tout is their proximity. To, we're fifteen to minutes to the airport. Yeah, that's fair. We're fifteen minutes to downtown <laughs> Memphis and the Orpheum and the Grizzlies. All of our assets. Yes, um, they can claim them as well. Yeah, I think that's kind of just again that speaks to the power of Memphis as a whole. Is because it's such a great city, and I feel like sometimes people don't see that yeah, and it, yeah. it's hard to make them. But once they do, once you show them and they can see it for themselves, their whole, I mean, their life has changed yeah, to get yeah. real. If we're going to stay on this corny train, but it's true. <laughs> it is. It is true. And it's a lot of times Memphians are harder on ourselves than anybody else. Oh, a thousand oh um, absolutely. So, We've talked about that before. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, too, is we're all, we're our own worst enemy. We're in some our worst way. enemy. We in can say ways. it, but no one else can. Right. <laughs> Exactly. So we have to be our our best promoters mm-hmm. as opposed to our best detractors. Yes, we have to be the megaphone to celebrate our city. Yeah. Right. And I know that's like what New Memphis does and is a key part of our mission is to celebrate our city and just tout all the amazing things. And people like the Downtown Memphis Commission who are doing the work. You guys are part of the people on the ground putting in the work right. to make great strides for our city. And it's just so exciting to see someone, not only because you're a new Memphis graduate, but just the fact that we know you and how great your work is. And just we have full faith that you are going to oh, lead the DMC that. in such a wonderful way. Well, it's all teamwork. I mean, we all play a position on the team. I said this to the staff at HCD when mm-hmm. I when I left is, you know, in my mind, we're still wearing, I'm still wearing the same right. jersey. I'm still team Memphis. I'm just sitting in a different position um, different and, and everybody plays a role like new we we need new memphis 
to help encourage the young people that are here or people considering coming here. We need them to see the greatness in our city. And that's what New Memphis does. It, it teaches the tools, but it also teaches the greatness of our city. Oh, thank you. You just talked about my work better than we do. I know, right? <laughs> I love it. But I'm so excited that you were able to be here with us. Guys, Mr. Paul Young is here, but if you want to learn more about Downtown Memphis Commission, you can visit their website. Or also, they have a really robust social media, and I believe their at is at Downtown Memphis. Um, yep. they cut, You can kind of stay up to date about all the cool events you guys have. I know they're doing stuff all the time. He mentioned the yoga. A lot of these events are also sometimes free. Yeah, they're free. Which yeah. is insane. Talk about it. I mean, if you know, accessibility, and if you have a way to get there, you don't have to pay a cost, which is lovely. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your time with us thank today. Thank you for having me. Anytime you guys need something, let me know. <laughs> oh, don't, right here. Well, we're here for you, yeah. too, at the Downtown <laughs> Memphis Commission. We're a big supporter. Collaboration, so. guys. And I feel like we should all put our hands in at this point, but we're not going to do that to the listening <laughs> audience. It's fine. Um, but thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right, guys, that is all the show we have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR. This was such a fun episode, Anna. It it was one of my favorites in a while, not to discriminate against any of the <laughs> other episodes. But again, maybe I'm just so excited for summer and so excited yes. to be back in the office downtown because I'm just like I oh. cannot work from my home anymore. It's just it's I need I need lunch on Main <sighs> Street. I don't care where it is. Also, I need yes, to be back downtown. I need the camaraderie of my coworkers. And I am so grateful that when we work for an organization that had the flexibility it did, I'm so, so grateful I got my job during the pandemic and was able to work from home. But so much of the work we do and similar to the work the DMC does, like, and Paul talked about it, right? It's getting together and bringing those ideas to the table and going back and forth. And there's just some magic that's missing when you're not in office. There's, yeah, that he said it, that connection, yes. the creativity, like the synergy you have from being able to see people bounce ideas off of each other and to your point, not have it be 10 yes. to 15 emails for the same thought <laughs> is really, it really is magical to your point. And we work so closely. It feels like with the downtown Memphis commission being downtown mm -hmm. and just being so city positive, they, um, I mean, they are a truly a tremendous asset for our city. Yes. Well, it's just all the organizations in the city, that do similar work to what we do. We're we're all different, right? We all bring different things to the table, but it's truly about something we really like to say, especially on our team here at Numos, is collaboration, not competition. Like we're all bringing different things to the table to make the city the best it can be. And I think DMC is a prime example of bringing some really good stuff to the table to make us have a thriving downtown. And I feel like what I'm going to say is from I think the greatest showman when he said, if I'm, you I'm like waiting on pins and needles. If you <laughs> haven't been downtown recently, you haven't been at all. Like it changed yes. so much. It's so wonderful. And all the things you love are still here. Plus all these new things. So just because you can say, oh, I, I went downtown yeah. once last month or once six months ago. That does not count. And also saying that you've been to Beale does not constitute actually being downtown. Like you got to, Beale is a prime part of downtown. It's a wonderful part of downtown. It's a very fun part of downtown. But downtown, I feel like people are so always mistaken. They think that's all downtown is, is Beale Street. And I'm like, there's so much more, guys. So much like more. Like there's North Main, yes. Central Main, all the way down to South Main, the Arts District. There's Riverside. There's all yeah. the way down to the FedEx Forum and down to what he was talking about, like Union Row. Like, yeah. Our downtown is so expansive and wonderful and has so much to offer. And so, again, I say, if you haven't been recently, come. 
Yeah, if you've got a free Saturday or even I love downtown on a Sunday, like a slow Sunday downtown. It's, See, I'm big like weeknight date night. Uh, that's fair. Well, some of us um, are single and okay, not girls night. married. So weeknight. Uh, uh, you you uh, Tuesdays. This is true. I do PPP at Catherine and Mary's a lot on Tuesdays, which is prime ideal. So good. Um, I've never had anything bad there. But and I date too. Okay, just oh. not as consistently because I'm not married, so it's fine. I just meant like <laughs> week weeknight outings downtown. Yeah, honestly are some of my favorites because That's it does true. feel a little bit slower paced, I guess, to your point yeah. of being on a Sunday. But you have all of the wonder of downtown. And it just sometimes feels like on those slower days, like it just feels like it's yours to explore. And it's just, I don't know, I really like it. And kind of to the point, I know we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, how I thought when I was younger, downtown's like Beale, you go to party, you go to Rayford. It's like all of those things, very fun. If you have not done those things, highly suggest. But like I said, until I started working here, this whole new world that you just hit all those high points on was open to me. And I was like, oh, this is why people love downtown. This is why it's such a thriving thing. And we're trying to make it thrive more and become even better. So I will say something I'm also looking forward to. I'm putting it on the books. I'm speaking <laughs> it into manifest, manifesting I it. I love it. Manifest is another staycation. Oh, so my husband and I yeah. went um, to River Inn over on Mud Island fun. for one night. And it was wonderful. It was so fun to be on like Harbortown, right. like Mud Island. It was so beautiful. So we have a whole list of other Memphis like hotels, like even from like the Bass Pro to the new Hyatt Centric. Yeah. I think that just opened maybe last month. So the train station where we got married, which oh, is so, so fun. Cute. So it's totally redone. Even <laughs> totally does not look the same. You're like, I kind of stood here. I don't remember. But it is now a hotel that is yes. much more beautiful. Um, so even if you're not looking to kind of go out on the weeknights or do mm-hmm. whatever, I I think it's so fun to even spend one night downtown. Yeah. No, I think. And there's prime opportunity. We have all the places to do it. Guys, just get out and explore your city. That is really the message. I know we get a little long-winded because we love talking to each other and we don't get to see each other that often except when we do this radio show and podcast. So that's just really the whole crux of this is to get out there, celebrate your city, explore your city, and you will be so shocked to see all the things that you find. And actually, even though we are coming off a pandemic year, how much new stuff has thrived how many of these restaurants that have been here forever were still able to keep their doors open sadly we know that some things had to close but overall memphis was a city that was it's kind of how memphis always has been to me it's a city that has always been able to just thrive in unfavorable conditions so true you know so i think that's something i love about it is memphis is often an underdog and i am always going to root for the underdog so Well, thank you for tuning in for us this week on WYXR 91.7 FM. Yeah, guys. We love that you were here to join us. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Meanwhile in Memphis is brought to you in partnership with WYXR. Produced by New Memphis and hosted by Anna Mullins Ellis and Christy Mullen. For more information, please visit newmemphis.org. Audio for this show is recorded and produced by the OAM Network. For more information, please visit pod901.com. Hey.